The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Okay, Craig, thank you. Friday, March 3rd, 2023 is the date. I'm Dave Congleton. It's Friday. So in about an hour, King Harris will pick the number one songs from the 1960s that should never have been number one. It's good to have King back on Fridays. Uh, This hour, let me set this up this way. Uh, Tuesday, Lance Parker was here. And Lance and many of you, very frustrated. Government keeps promising to do something about uh, the homeless folks, and they don't deliver. Whether it's a federal or state or local, uh, nothing seems to get done. And then on Wednesday, it was reported that the county is going to start closing down the uh, shelter out there by the sheriff's department, where the many people, I think up uh, 70, 75 people who had been staying. Well, now that's going to be shut down. One of the people called in on uh, Lance's segment was our friend Gary from Pismo Beach, who's had an interesting journey himself. So I invited Gary to come in and tell his story and keep this conversation going because, damn it, somebody's got to talk about it. Anyway, here's Gary. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me here. Thanks to uh, have Craig having me here. It's uh, good to be here and also uh, a nice opportunity to pick up where Lance left off. I was glad what? to hear him say what he said. Why? Because it, it, Lance said things that virtually nobody else is saying. When we hear solutions for homelessness are coming or we're doing this, we're doing that, yes, we have to acknowledge that. And the agencies and the people that do all this work uh, are doing a really good job. But Lance is right when he says they're not done. There's so much more that needs to be done. And so he categorized it as a failure. I would categorize it as uh, we've done a good job at this point, but we've got a lot farther to go. Um, Yeah, I think you're more generous than I would be, but that's fine. So I want to remind people of your situation. You had rented for a very long time. Very 16 years in the same place. Same place. Your landlord only raised the rent one time. In 16 years. It was a great situation. He raised it from $600 to $625. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? And then he decided to get his affairs in order, which he should have at age 85. I agreed with him 100%. And he listed uh, the property for sale, but it was a high price because it involved two buildings and two empty lots in Pismo. So it wasn't a normal sale. And I know you were concerned because you didn't know where you were going to go because you weren't able to get a place for $625 anymore. Right. When he listed it, the first thing I did was go to Craigslist and look, and I was shocked because I hadn't looked for a place in 15 years. And I went, wait a minute, you know, what I'm paying now is half of what the market rate is. What were you saying? $1,200, Yeah, this is back in May and June. So six months ago, it was about 1000 but it's it's gone up since then. I mean, it goes up every month. So, um, yeah, it was basically double what I was paying in order to get a new studio. So what'd you do? And Well, yeah, we're just talking studio. 
Just a studio. A thousand for a studio. That's all I need. The yeah. studio's fine. I'd lived in one for 15 years. It was fantastic. Studio's just great. But right. yeah, the studios then and now are continuing to go up. There are fewer and fewer and fewer of them as the older buildings in all of our towns are being torn down and replaced with new luxury condos and, and buildings and so forth. Or they're becoming Airbnbs. Or they're becoming Airbnbs. And, and year by year, the, the stock of what we we have here just goes down and down and down. But I recall your landlord being nice to you and giving you some money. He did. He gave each of uh, the three tenants, he had two studios in each building, four studios, and he gave each of us, he asked us, he said, look, we have a tax exchange sale here where if we can close escrow and have the new owner take over in, in less than a month, 25 days or something. He goes, I'll give you each $3,000. That's kind. And it was fabulous. And we said yes, uh, partially for that reason, but also to say thank you to him for how nice and how kind he'd been to us for the previous you know, years. But you had nowhere to go. Well, you start looking right away. It's a full-time yeah. job. You, you start right away, and you start looking, and you start applying. And my thought was, yeah, no problem. I can be out of here in a month, and you know, we'll, we'll take care of all this. But just because you apply someplace doesn't mean you're going to get it. And there's a lot of competition, especially at that level. Um, and I expanded it to rooms and houses uh, as a roommate situation. There's a lot of competition at that level. Too. How high were you really willing to go on rent, Gary? Well, you want to shoot for 30% of your income, and that's what I was shooting for. But I realized then and now and in the future, uh, the possibility exists of going from 30 to 50% or more uh, if rents keep going up and availability keeps declining. All right, so you looked and you looked and you looked, and time was running out. And it, I didn't get it. Uh, the end of the month, the end of April came, and it was like, okay, uh, we're turning in the keys on Friday at 5 o'clock, and then... Where are you going to go and what are you going to do? And so armed with his generous gift, I said, oh, no problem. I'll, I'll stay in a hotel and I'll just keep looking and things will be fine. I'll go to work every day. And, and they were and they did and I did. But after the first couple of weeks went by, uh, I just thought, hey, wait a minute. This is kind of getting out of hand here. What would have happened if you hadn't had that $3,000? I would have still been able to afford to stay in a hotel, and that's the main difference between the homelessness I experienced and the homelessness that a lot of other people are experiencing, where I could afford to stay someplace, I could afford to pay for it, uh, and so I did, but the people that can't, can't, and yeah. when you hit that point where you can't afford to stay anywhere, you're either in your car or you're on your on the street and in a tent in bushes or somewhere. Where are you going to go? And so, for the first time, it's like when you see a homeless person, instead of asking why are they there, I know exactly why they're there because they can't afford to be someplace else or someplace inside. So you're in a hotel motel for a couple of weeks, and initially everything's fine. But then, what's going on? What's What's going on in your mind? Like I said, keep looking, and it's a big adventure to stay in a hotel here and go to work every day and take your normal routine and just you know, make it work as far as living in, out of, in and out of a hotel. And if I could, I'd like to say thanks to everybody at the Aloha Inn in Arroyo Grande on El Camino Real there because they were fabulous. They gave me a special rate. They allowed me to uh, adjust my own schedule and come and go as I wanted and so forth and so on. But... By the end of May, when the Memorial Day weekend came up, 
it was okay to stay there Monday through Thursday, and they gave me the special right. But he goes, look, this is the beginning of our tourist season. You can't stay here on Friday and Saturday night because we charge double and triple that rate to the tourists. And we have reservations where everything in the hotel is sold out. So I had to start every Friday and Saturday either staying at friend's house or house sitting or making some other arrangements because I couldn't stay there. And were you able to do that? Uh, For a couple of weeks. But by July, middle of July, they kind of lowered the boom and they said, hey, in the next week or two, you got to you got to kind of be out of here. So middle, of, middle of June, I'm sorry. Yeah. They, so just yeah. a, a timeline. When did you move out of your studio apartment? At the very end of April, first, oh. first of May. All right. So all of May and the first part of June, you're staying at the Aloha Inn. Right. Hmm. And it worked fine. But by middle of June, they go, look, tourist season is here. We can't give you this special rate anymore because not only on the weekends, but Monday through Thursday, we're going to be charging double, triple what we normally charge. And uh, so you're going to have to find something else. All right. Let me uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back with Gary from Pismo and pick up the story and look at the bigger picture as well. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. If you're just joining us, Gary Fimpismo was on this broadcast following up on a conversation we had with Lance Parker earlier this week about homelessness and whether or not government is doing enough to help people on the streets. Uh, Gary is talking about his situation, 16 years renting the same studio apartment. Uh, the place is being sold. He had to move out. He's living in a motel for two months. But, but some people would say, well, you weren't homeless. You had a place to go. Yeah, but technically... I was homeless in the sense that uh, when I went to apply for a loan to look in the idea of buying an RV and living in an RV, they said, what's your physical address? And I said, well, it's my P.O. box that I've had for 25 years. And they go, no, 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 no. What's your physical address? And I go, well, right now, and I gave them the address of the Aloha Inn. And they go, no, 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 no. What's your physical address? And I said, look, I, I don't have one right now. I'm, I'm, That's why I'm, I'm buying an RV. I'm, yeah, I'm looking for a place to live. I'm trying to figure something out here. I'm employed. I'm, I'm employed. I've lived in the county for 40 years. Um, my credit rating is fantastic. I've got money and savings and so forth and so on. Um, I'm just trying to move on to the next thing after 15, 16 years. And they go, well, okay, we can give you a loan, but it's going to cost 3 or 4% higher than the original estimate we gave you and that put it out of reach and i go okay well thanks and you've blown through the three thousand dollars on the hotel and by the end of june the three thousand that i had gotten was basically gone and i could have afforded to stay there a little bit longer but not really because uh that was one of the things i learned i thought you could always find an affordable hotel somewhere to stay uh, but that's not true in the summer when the tourist season comes everything's full and everything's in my case, was two or three times higher per night than they had given me. Well, how about just moving away and finding someplace cheaper to live? I, I've lived in the county for 40 years, and in 19, I remember the exact day in 1987, I had an offer to move to Tucson and work with uh, my friend Randy Page, who had become a reporter over at the Tucson station. He said, hey, I can, uh, I can get you a job over here. You can come to Tucson. And I said, let me think about it. And I was sitting in the water at the Rock.
rock the next morning surfing before work and I looked around and I go I never ever ever want to leave San Luis County and uh, that like I said, was the day I decided that I, I would stay here in, until my last day. All right. So those two months, you're actively look, looking for some kind of rental. How's that going? It was good and bad. Good because I was able to find little by little a couple of places each week and turn in applications. Bad because the competition for all of them is great. And uh, kind of one by one, when you don't get them after a while, you start getting a little discouraged. Did you have to put any kind of deposit with, with an application? I've heard some stories of that. Not so much a deposit, but there's fees at almost every one of the rental agencies because they're running background checks and credit checks and so forth. So, yeah, over the course of two or three applications a week, you might be spending 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks a week just in fees. And, um, yeah, that starts to add up as well. All right. So how did you find your new housing situation? It was just one of the applications that I had uh turned in or called. I actually called the person and said, hey, I'm interested in the place. And it was a couple days later. It was on the weekend, last weekend in June, basically, that they called back and they said, hey, we got your phone call. Would you like to come up and see the place? And we'll meet you and we'll talk about things. And I said, fine. And it was great. And it is great. The place I'm in is great. I'm very lucky and happy to be there. But it was just something that Timing-wise, uh, kind of worked out perfectly. So you have a roommate? I have a roommate, a room in a house, and I'd rather have my own place. I'd rather be in a yeah. studio. But once again, the availability and the prices are kind of uh, so you're out living, of reach. you're living with somebody you've never met before. That's right. All right. And your rent has doubled. Double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, 1200 a month now. And it's been going up. Um, I didn't look today before I came in, but in, in recent weeks, I've noticed that prices are a good one, two, three hundred dollars a month more than they were back in June for uh, the same places, studios and rooms and a house. It just keeps going up and up and up. And yeah. So talk a little bit about how that search and that experience, what's your attitude now about the homeless people and being homeless and the role of government and all this? Uh, I am a hundred percent more empathetic uh, to their situation. I'm a hundred percent more aware of their situation. Um, I, I now pay attention and, and see homeless people and talk to them. Whereas before I'd kind of just look the other way or keep going. Um, I think that a lot of the homeless people are like I said earlier, they're just there because they have absolutely nowhere to go. And the response I got from the the agencies that are involved in in solving homelessness or taking care of it uh, was surprising as well. I, I thought I'd be able to get help or find help, and I wasn't able to find any help at all. Well, back up. Where did you go, and what kind of response did you get? I called. All the different agencies, Haslow, People Self-Help Housing, um, Capslow, um, and Five Cities Homeless. And, and what, what, what would you say to them when you spoke with them? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation where going forward, I'd like to get into senior affordable housing. Now that I'm a senior, um, I think I qualify for some of these things. And I'd like to get into a situation where, and I've talked to a lot of people that are in this and have been in this situation for years where you pay basically 30% of your income no matter what you make. It's Section 8 program and some of the other senior affordable housing programs where that's kind of the benchmark. And 
I thought, you know, at that level, right now, 30% of my income is a lot, you know, more or at least at market rate because I can afford it. But in the future, if I'm dependent only on Social Security, I would uh, only be able to afford 30% of, and I'm not going to make very much. I'm only going to make about 1200 on Social Security a month. So at 30%, paying 400 a month for rent in an affordable senior housing uh, location um, would work. If not, um, yeah, theoretically, if I couldn't work anymore for whatever reason going forward, I'd, I'd probably be in a situation where I'd be looking at homelessness again, and this time um, in a serious realistic way so what what were these agencies saying to you how did they respond to you every single one of them said to call somebody else and so once you call you said okay great i will and i did and then you call the next one and by the time you're done we've only got four five six agencies you've gone all the way around the circle everybody said call them to why? help you why why call be- because they deal with what you want we we don't have anything we don't do anything in this in your situation so you call them they'll help you and then i'd call them and then they'd say no we don't have anything that's going to help you right now you call them they'll help you and you go around the circle uh and you come up empty-handed uh and that was consistent and the the biggest thing that i got out of it was that everything basically in our area has a waiting list on it the waiting lists are either completely closed or if they're not completely closed, you have to get on a waiting list to get on the waiting list. And obviously that didn't help at all and wouldn't have. Which brings us back to those folks in Kansas Avenue, this 70, 75 people there who are going to be phased out. It sounds like they say we're going to try to get them into programs. But if there's a waiting list, what's going to happen to those people, Gary? I think I think. Nine out of ten of them are going to be right back on the street tomorrow as soon as they're out of that program. Uh, that was a really, I thought, uh, innovative and very good program when it was started. The problem was is that it's uh, an, um, a solution, kind of temporary solution, in need of a permanent solution. In other words, if they're there for 90 days, at the end of the 90 days, they need somewhere to go. And none, no place to go was ever provided by anybody. Mm. I was very pleased to see the Tribune editorial yesterday questioning the county's decision to close down Kansas Avenue and urging them to keep it open. I, I absolutely agree. Not only, not only should they keep it open, but from the very beginning, it's been my um, idea or, that they should have one of these in, in every single one of our supervisorial districts. All five of the supervisors should have set one up in each of the districts because they're needed in each one of the districts. I like that idea. Have you suggested that? Yes. And I, I've worked kind of closely with one of the supervisors, aides, and, and uh, some uh, friends of his uh, to pass these ideas on and yeah it, it's something where i think not only would do need that in each of the supervisor districts but did that supervisor respond well he, he was he was one of the ones that helped start this so he was mm. he was he was basically involved in this kansas avenue program and so that was uh something that uh you know worked out really good while it was here but uh, i'm really sad to see it go all right gary from pismo on this broadcast talking about the challenges he has faced trying to find affordable rent rentals on the central coast and uh, extending the conversation we began with Lance on Tuesday. We've got news and traffic and weather. We'll keep the conversation going and invite your participation. This is Hometown Radio.
Always good to be in conversation with you. I'm Dave Congleton. Gary from Pismo is my guest today. Following up on the conversation we had earlier this week with Lance Parker, Lance was frustrated with local and state and federal officials who promised they're going to do something about homelessness, and then they never deliver. And then Gary found himself in a situation where uh, he was forced to give up his rental after 16 years, had to uh, spend a lot of money in a motel, trying, trying, and trying to find a rental that he could afford. After two months, he finally found a rental living with somebody that he doesn't know. And this is working out okay, though. I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Yeah, it's right. it's working out, and I'm really fortunate to have found a place and to be there for the last six, seven but, months. But then you have uh, gone to all these local agencies looking for help, and nobody was able to help you. Nobody was able to help me. I've been able to get on two waiting lists in the last six months, and on the one waiting list, I'm in the period between June and now, what, seven months? I've moved from number 38 on the waiting list to number 34 on the waiting list. All right, here's uh, Dirk on KVEC. Hey, Dirk. Yeah, Gary, apparently you didn't check all the right boxes to get help, uh, to get their grant money. You should have been like a, a dopey, druggy, felon, uh, veteran, handicapped, and all these kind of categories, and, and you would have gotten money, or, or you would have gotten help right away. You, you have to check all the right boxes. It's all government-funded. Uh, you're not what I would call, like, uh, definitely not a hardcore homeless. You're, you're uh, temporarily dispossessed. I've been homeless for 40 years, and you definitely don't want to live around these characters down in this neck of the woods. Uh, I stay away from them. Uh, I'm a solitary person. I don't want to be back up in the culture anymore. People ask me uh, where I live. Nowhere around the likes of you people. So <laughs> just keep a roof over your head, Gary, and God bless you, sir. Take care. All right, Dirk, thank you. Thanks, if only Dirk. Dirk would give an opinion. Well, is he wrong? Uh, Dirk's absolutely right because a lot of these uh, places and a lot of the places that are coming up uh restrict like dirk said you got to check the right by uh, veterans yeah and they should are you a veteran no but yeah. veterans can and should be getting places and we need to get all the veterans off the street and a lot of these new places are and a lot of the programs are designed so and, you're just a guy you're just an old white guy you don't have any special disability not a veteran you're not battling drugs so you don't you don't get you you get passed off to somebody else exactly and i'd love to take dirk's uh, advice but i just can't i'm i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not too poor and i'm not too wealthy i'm right in the middle and so i kind of fall out of every one of the boxes that dirk would like me to check but yeah if i could dirk i would and thanks for your help and uh you you stay safe too 805-543-8830. If you want in on this conversation with Gary from Pismo, we welcome your phone calls and your text messages, your thoughts, your ideas. So what would you like to see done? Well, there's a number of things. Um, first of all, I think one of the best projects uh, that I've heard about over the last couple of years came up during the pandemic, the Project Room Key, which was a statewide program, and they contracted with and worked with motels all over the state to get people off the street and into a hotel room. Um, I think the project, uh, whatever it cost for the people to get in there the the state paid what they couldn't afford or paid the difference and that that was immediate that really started to get people off the street for that to fade out just like the Kansas Avenue project is a is a shame and and in my opinion should be restarted and applied throughout the state um 
the other idea I had and I'm, I'm working on with some of the same people that I was working with earlier is trying to get a long-term project. We have RV parks all over the county, all over the state, and they've been there for years and years, and people go to the RV parks and stay for three or four days or a weekend or whatever. Uh, the people that are living in campers and trailers, like the ones at Kansas Avenue, need what I call an HV park instead of a recreational vehicle park. It's a home vehicle park. That's your home. You pay and stay in a in a park where you have the services and the hookups, which they didn't have at the Kansas Avenue, and you pay, in that case, once again, one-third of your income. Alan's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Alan. Hi, Dave. Hi, Gary. Hi. One thing that this reminds me of is when Sam Blakesley and it was Dr. Gillespie came up with this idea to tackle the issue, and the big thing they brought in is coordination, which is not what we're getting now. Everybody does their own thing, and that's why you go through the runaround. If they're not coordinated, that's going to keep happening. People just get shoveled from one agency to another. Well, the weird part to me, Alan, and I agree with you, is that you talk to any of these homeless experts, and they go, well, it's a regional problem. It's a regional problem. Okay, so why can't we have a regional solution? Instead, everybody wants their own turf and territory to protect. That's what happens. And the more, and every time somebody says, let's do a new program, there's more bureaucracy that doesn't. A lot of money goes to the people in the agency, but not fixing the problem. Yeah, Gary? Yeah, Alan's dead right on both counts. Um, the coordination is, I think, sorely lacking between the agencies here uh, to the point where, like I said, when I would call one agency, they'd say, no, you call that agency because they deal with it. And I'd call that agency and they'd go, well, no, we don't deal with that. You call that another agency. And so that lack of coordination uh, that Alan mentioned and and I think that report, uh, I'd like to see that kept around and, and used as a guide that Sam Blakesley, they came up with i think is is a, had a lot of great points in it in terms of coordinating and making everything more effective and, and with all due respect to dr blakesling dr gillespie whatever happened to that thing it just was put on a shelf nothing came of it i think sam and uh, dr gillette are going to serve on some kind of committee but their ideas went nowhere Alan, what about the what's happening out of Kansas Avenue? What do you think about that? Now, there's no reason why they have to stop, but they can certainly keep it going. I have not heard any reason, except there was a, quote, temporary plan. What else is going to be used, that property going to be used for? Why can't they keep it going, and why can't they put some services out there to keep it a little longer term? I think very legitimate questions. Alan, thanks for checking in. 805-543-8830 if you want in on this conversation with Gary. My understanding from the Tribune reporting is that the county wanted to close it down because it was meant as transitional housing. And too many people were just seeing it as something long-term, Gary. Well, yeah, and and that's, I think, the problem that we have with lots of the different programs where they're, they're, they they can, like Project Room Key, can handle the temporary aspect of homelessness, but then there's no follow-up. There's no program in place afterwards uh, to get these people into places, and there's not enough places. So you get a temporary situation that runs out, like the, the Kansas Avenue uh, situation. Situation, and you're right back where you started from. We have Tony in Atascadero. Hey, Tony. Uh, hello. Great Hi. subject. And as far as it sounds like they're throwing money at trying to find a solution as opposed to finding a solution. And my suggestion is nobody gets paid until they find a solution for this and or come up with some decent ideas. 
But they can sit there all day and, and like he said, you call one agency, no, that, that just, that's not us, so you got to call this agency. So what do you mean nobody gets paid until there's a solution? Yikes. I mean, how, they're, they're putting money into, they're putting money someplace. I mean, where is it going to? Administration? Gary, absolutely. I think I think when you read some of these stories lately, the the really good uh, reporting that's been taking place in the Tribune lately with is it John Lynch, the reporter? John Lynch, John Lynch. Reporting, He's yeah. been doing really great work. And the thing that struck me in one of the most recent articles was in 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 that article there must have been six or eight different administrative people from the agencies where it's uh this director this assistant director this assistant director and on and on and on but when it came time at least last summer for me to find and talk to a program director i couldn't because they they hadn't hired enough program directors to handle things on the street level well tony the part i didn't understand is that the county said they're giving up the kansas avenue facility because there's no one who can manage it on a day-to-day basis I could have sworn that the county has a director of homeless services. Exactly. I mean, that's, <laughs> nobody nobody gets paid until they figure out what to do. I mean, find a solution. It's got to be there. There's there's enough talking heads to really do something. I think. I hope so, uh, Tony. Thanks for checking in. Am I missing something there? They said there's nobody who can manage this on a day to day basis, but you have a county homeless services director. You're not missing anything. It's uh, back to what Alan was talking about, the coordination with our county homeless services director, coordinating all of the agencies working on this problem. Except for the most important agency, the one at Kansas Avenue. And going forward, yeah. Uh, We got Reg checking in. Hey, Reg. Hey, Dave. Hey, Reg. There's a real simple solution, and actually the resources are right next to the Kansas uh, uh, homeless uh, encampment that's there next to the deputy sheriff. Some time ago, uh, the area was uh, on the Grove Green situation was a California Conservation Corps, and they took over part of the facility, which is the California National Guard. There's also a kitchen there and numerous buildings, and also small building that was used for it that was basically being an ops. I had proposed this about two and a half, three years ago. And it's still setting to a bill. But as far as the facility there and then the transportation, which is done uh, with a hub, it's a great place. It's also a great place, uh, you know, there's uh, whether people have mental institutions or mental problems or drug problems, the ability to feed, uh, the ability to turn around almost like the Jewish caboots. Mm-hmm. So the facility is there. It's being not utilized at all and would definitely... You could probably put about four thousand people out there. What do you think about They'd that? Have to work. Yeah, They'd have to work and implement. And I definitely concur with the gentleman is speaking. Most of it goes to administration and poor leadership, yeah. and they just keep throwing money at it, and uh, it's pretty pathetic. Hang on, Reg, Gary. Yeah, no, Reg has a really good idea there, and that's another part of the solution if if we take all the parts and pieces of I, and ideas and put them together and coordinate them i think we can solve this problem but that also speaks to what lance was talking about the other night which is a lack of leadership um when it comes to using federal facilities like that or even when it came to the idea of putting people in to the el Toro regional park uh, taking setting aside tent spaces and letting 10 people stay over there and so forth the answer was we can't do 
it because there's federal funds involved and federal permission involved and so forth. Well, we need in that case, or in the case of Reg's idea, uh, leadership from Salud Carbajal and leadership from our county supervisors to get together and make it happen. What else, Reg? The infrastructure is there, which means the building, the kitchen, the housing, and whatever. They need some work, but that's the reason why you have volunteers and whatever. So if there's sympathy and compassion regards the dollar bill, people need to have their dignity back. And I'm actually uh, quite ashamed of the leadership that's actually taking place in San Luis County. The answers are there. People need to step up, and whether or not they will do, that remains to be seen. I agree with you. All right, Reg, thank you very much. 805-543-8830. Look who's calling in. It's Lance. Hey, Lance. Dave, how you doing tonight? Uh, where are you, buddy? I'm in Blanco, Texas. But he's listening to this show. I love it. Oh, of course. We listen, we, we wanted to hear Pet of the Week and Pie and all of that. So <laughs> when we're out and about, we, we listen to you, Dave. We appreciate Just that. Make sure that the time's correct. But, you know, it's interesting listening to Gary, and I'm glad you got Gary on uh, about this and uh, some of the other callers. You know, the Reg talking about the lack of leadership. You know, one of the things uh, that would really, you know, things would happen if they were required to turn a profit, and if they didn't turn a profit, uh, they would go bankrupt. The, the, you know, you can't run private businesses the way that the government runs their, their programs because they go out of business. They, where the government looks and goes, no, we don't have to produce anything. We don't have to be accountable for anything that we do. We just have to look like we're doing something. There, there, it's, as long as we have the appearance of having Sam on a committee or, you know, the city talking about it, yeah, we've got this task force, we got this, as long as we look like we're doing something, that's all that matters because that's what's going to get us reelected. You know, Bruce Gibson should be out of the office. He has done zero for the homeless. I'm not touching that one. Gary, coming. Actually, it was... Uh it was Bruce and his legislative aide, Blake Fixler, that were the spearhead behind the Kansas Avenue project. And a, lar- a large part of the work was done by Blake and, and pushed through. Yeah, but they're still being kicked but, out. But, oh, but you're st- here, here's my point, though. It was transitional, meaning, okay, that's a temporary fix. Let's, let's get you going here. It's stepping stone one. Let's make sure we have stepping stone two, stepping stone three, and stepping stone four is you're back on your feet. It's like there's no follow through. You're absolutely right, Lance, and and that's what we need to do. Especially this is with this happening this week. Uh, this is a real wake up call to these agencies because, like you said, I think for as long as this was in existence, everybody was able to give the appearance of we're doing something, we're doing something. It's clear now that they're not, and so everything you just said about going steps two, three, and four needs to be put into overdrive. Those in, people in at Kansas future. Avenue are going to be going back to Los Osos. Yeah. So, you you know, I mean, that's that's why I say it's a failure. That's another example of a failure. Yeah. Okay. He got it going. But was this going to be the end all? No, it's a failure on the county government. It's a failure on city government. And this is my point, because they're not being held accountable. The way we keep them held accountable is at the ballot box, because there's no other way of keeping accountable. We can't fire them. They can't go bankrupt. They can't go out of business. We've got to get them at the ballot box. All right, Lance, enjoy your barbecue. 
Thank you. What about that? You get them at the ballot box. I agree. And uh, with a lot of the other issues after this election in November, you've already seen a really fast start from this group of three supervisors working together uh, on a host of issues for almost every meeting. They're taking care of business. And so if homeless really is the number one issue, then uh, now that we've taken care of some of this stuff in the first couple of meetings going forward let's make homelessness our number one issue and do you really think they will do you think they will i think they will and i think they can um one of the most interesting ideas that i've seen recently is mayor karen bass in los angeles she just she just started the beginning of january hold that thought we've got sean hi sean Hi, Dave. Hi, Craig. And hi, Lance. I just wanted to say, you know, with Kansas Kansas Avenue, I assumed, and maybe this is common sense, I thought the whole purpose of this um, location was for providing a temporary place to help people get to where they need to be. But, um, yeah, maybe they're going to go to Los Osos, but they're also going to go to Prado, and they're going to, you know, it's going to be right along there. And it just rinse and repeat. It's constantly this washing machine of, saying you got to yeah. move you got to move so if yeah. you're not on the freeway side you're on the um yeah, the city but, side. but sean there's no room at prado what's that there's no room at prado they can go to prado but they no, can't. No, no, no i'm talking about i'm talking along prado road oh I so see. when we yeah, get okay. that overpass does anyone realize that delidio the delidio ranch project where all those people that are moving into those homes they're going to be they're going to be right in line with a highway of homelessness from Laguna Lake to Prado Day Center and all the parking of the trailers that go there where 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 the Kansas City Avenue, you know, people that are doing this for like this is this is what I would like to help I I, I support people that need that would like to get out of where they're at and get them in a home. Right. But there's some people we're not going to be able to help. So I'm just so the whole thing was I thought Kansas City that whole thing and the per, the whole purpose of it was to provide a temporary place yes. with but, the hopes of something permanent. But the key word is that it was temporary. And the right. people were only supposed to be there temporarily, and some of them decided they wanted to be there longer. Gary, comment on what Sean's arguing. No, he's got a good point. Um, the 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 temporary side has been addressed in, in a multitude of different ways, but the permanent side, uh, the permanent uh, way of getting people off the street is uh, is really empty right now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, where we have to work and to make sure that there is some place for everybody to go. What else, Sean? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I just I, I mean, that was the way. I mean, obviously, um, I, I feel like common sense isn't common anymore. But the sense of it to me was that, but I didn't know what the actual goal was. And then I read about uh, how there was a lot of um, things that w- were not looking. They decisions made without um, any kind of progress in mind. Yeah, maybe that's the best way to say it. All right, Sean. I'm glad you said it. You were going to talk about Karen Bass. What is she doing in L.A.? Yeah, one of the one of the most uh, exciting and innovative ideas I've seen is Mayor Karen Bass in Los Angeles. She was elected in November. Just started working at the beginning of January. Her project is called Inside Safe, and from the very beginning, like a lot of our leaders, she said this homeless issue is going to be number one for me. And the difference is, is she's really knocked it out of the park right from the beginning. She wants to take seventeen thousand homeless people off the streets. Of Los Angeles in the first year, and starting right away in January, the very I think the very day she took office, she started having teams and and is having teams going out, meeting these people. They're arranging through this project to get them uh, housing in hotel 
Wales and other places. She's uh, speeding up the lease agreements that uh, they have with landlords for buildings and apartments and so forth. And already in just the first couple of months, she's been able to get some of the most biggest and problematic uh, homeless encampments taken down, put away, gotten those people into housing and and is moving on to the next one. On the Stolberg Tatum text line, sadly, many of the agencies that are in the positions of homeless support receive tens of millions of dollars annually that are absorbed by administrative costs. This question then becomes, where are all these funds really going? Yeah, and where they should be going is to actual building of permanent places, building and putting in other new permanent ideas. Again, the emphasis on the word permanent. A good example in our county is the funds that we got a couple of years ago went into buying the Motel 6 in uh, Paso Robles. And uh, again, that's something, if possible, with a lot of these funds that we should be doing in every single and, and one that, of the districts that program in our seems county. To be, that program seems to be working. Very well. And and I think it's Wendy Lewis at, at Echo that right. is another person that I would put on my list of someone who's doing a fantastic job of actually taking care of the problem and working on it in a really progressive, really effective way. All right, Gary from Pismo on this broadcast. We'll come back and wrap things up. We're live. We're local. You're listening to the Dave Congleton Show. We're after ABC News and an update with Craig on time saver traffic and weather together. It's Friday. So let's visit with King Harris. Nice job by Gary from Pismo. Glad to see that you got shelter. Uh, but I got about 45 seconds for you to wrap it up. Well, I, I think all of us who have a place to live and a place to go to tonight uh, should just say thanks to anyone or a- anything involved in getting us there. It's something that I think it's real easy to take for granted, and I know I sure have. But after going through an experience like this, I want to try and be a lot more uh, grateful and thankful for the situation that I'm in. And I, I think all of us are that way. When you get home and you turn on the lights and turn on TV and start making dinner and stuff, it's it's great. But for those of those Think of those that don't have any of that, and that's, I think, something that we need to work on. And think of them when you see our elected officials and just remind our elected officials that we want them to do something about this. And like Lance did the other night, stand up and tell your elected officials what you think. Tell them what you want. Tell them what we need. And tell them on this show, because that's why we're here. Exactly right. Gary, thank you. All right, news, traffic, weather, King Harris. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.